<laughs> Nothing's going your way. You've had a bad day. It's good to keep it simple. Michelle and Seth say take a deep breath from fade to gray. It's mental. As part of our series on body dysmorphia, in our first episode, we talked around self-esteem and self-confidence. And we want to thank you personally for uh, sponsoring and uh, supporting our podcast by being a patron. And as part of as part of a thank you, we are are sharing bonus content with you. And so Michelle and I are both going to talk personally around self-esteem in regards to at least one experience um, that happened growing up that has impacted our ability to think positively of our, positively of ourselves and may impact our low self-esteem that we sometimes experience. So Michelle, tell me a little bit about that for you. Oh, my. I'm thinking about one one thing. I mean, I'm pretty open about my background. Uh, I don't necessarily provide a lot of details, but I come from a background of a very abusive family, lots of physical abuse, a lot of mental abuse and some sexual abuse. So as it pertains to uh, the idea of self-confidence or self-esteem, I truly do feel that that plays a very big role in creating a negative self-esteem for Mm me. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to overcome, as I was sharing with you a little bit ago. I mean, we're talking, you know, over 40 years of programming, basically, um, with negative messages that that's not to say there was abusive situations all the way through 40 years, but those formative years in, in anybody's life, of course, any great upheaval there is exacerbates the ideas that you grow up with. I will say if I have to pick out something, I had a very, very, very demanding grandmother. She was not necessarily a nice lady, Mm. but she spent a lot of time raising me. I spent large amounts of time with her as I was growing up. And as I said, she wasn't necessarily a nice lady. Uh, Her idea of love was somewhat warped. And as an adult, I look back at what I know about her life and I, I can very easily understand why she was the way she was. Um, but it does not, however, negate the negative effect that she ended up having on my life. And that's very difficult to say because I loved my grandmother. She was, she was a very, very important person in my life. But I can very honestly look back and say she really was a very sad, negative, angry person. Mm. And she was incredibly critical. So she took, so she was negative and she kind of took that out on you. On everybody. But yeah, I spent so much time with her. I lived with her for great periods of time. Mm. And from the time I was very young, all the way up through my teenage years, uh, early teenage years. So the way that she interacted was always conditional, if you will. Her love was predicated on you behaving a certain way. Now, she would tell you she loved you. Right. But her idea of love was pretty warped. And I don't know, there's probably a lot of people that have had this experience. Of course, my grandmother, ex- my grandmother accepted Jesus 
and became a Christian after living a pretty good portion of her life very hard. Mm-hmm. She was diagnosed with lung cancer. Oh. And it was on that diagnosis that she found God. <laughs> mm-hmm. And miraculously, the cancer disappeared. I don't know what the whole story is on that. But anyway, uh, that was proof to her that God existed and that she, you know, was indebted to him, if you will. However, her negative self-programming was very, very deep. And as I said, I can kind of understand the reason she was the way she was. Her mother died when she was very young. Mm -hmm. And her father blamed her for that. And he was abusive and very harsh with her. He remarried and the stepmother did not care for her. Um, And so I heard stories the whole time I was growing up, different things of my grandmother hiding under the kitchen table as her stepmother tried to beat her with a broom. Oh, wow. And her saying, you know, I know you hate me, but I don't know why. And now this is... This is a very abrupt statement, and so I don't know if it's kosher to hear to share it or not, but uh, there's a story that her father told her that the only thing that she would ever amount to in life was being the madam of a whorehouse. Oh, my goodness. I'm Yeah, so when I'm telling you that I understand completely why she was the way she was, I do. She was horribly abused well, we, um, emotionally. And we kind of talked about in in the actual episode that we put out that we are the byproduct of our lived experiences right yes and that we need to look at ourselves from a holistic point of view and that it isn't just one thing but it's all of these things combined and as cheesy as the line sounds hurt people (laughs) hurt people right oh for sure and and that's what it, it it sounds like she went through her own trauma and then ended up Letting oh, yeah. that play out. She was uh, in an incredibly life. harsh. Yeah, she was an incredibly harsh parent. Some of how my mother is, I understand, as a byproduct of how her mother was. Mm-hmm. So, as I said, it's easy to look back as an adult and kind of psychoanalyze that and go, well, here's the reasoning for this person behaving that way. But when you're a child and you are quote unquote, the victim of that kind of personality, you don't have that understanding. Just as she didn't when she was a child. I know you hate me, but I don't know why. That is how it felt to me. Like, even though she would tell me she loved me, she was incredibly harsh. And capital punishment was a go-to on any given day. And her reasoning for that was, I have to do this because I love you. So it it tends to warp your idea of what love actually looks like because now it's combined with physical violence. Mm. And so it it, it warps fear. Yeah, it warps your sense of self. Yeah. Obviously. You're always walking on um, eggshells. Absolutely. And it did not matter what I did if it was as easy as washing the dishes or taking a shower. If I didn't dry the sink out, if I didn't squeegee down the wall, nothing was ever good enough. Mm-hmm. And, you so, know, and I'm assuming you never knew what was really going to set her off. Like what? Oh, sure. You yeah. never knew you what it know. was that wasn't going right. to be good enough. You just knew something was going to happen where it wasn't right. going to be good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I will say this. My grandmother was always very complimentary about me to other people. 
She would say, Michelle is so intelligent. She's going to grow up and do so many good things. She's so smart. So she, she would hand out those compliments to other people about me. And there were times when she would say things to me, but they became more backhanded. Like, I can't believe you did this. You're too smart to be this stupid. Mm. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things. So again, you're talking about a child into, you know, early teenage years, constantly hearing this kind of feedback and constantly being told that what I've done is not good enough. Do it better. Do more. And so it's easy. I'm sure you can sit here and look at me and say, okay, that's why I'm never satisfied. Mm -hmm. I, I always want better. I always want more because I was trained that way. I was trained that my, what I did was never good enough. And I had to keep doing more to be to be better and to try and find that love. There is ways of moving past that and through that though. However, let's talk about there is 40 years of conditioning here. So we have to consider there's a lot of work that would need to be done, but I do want to, but I do want to just point that out that, I mean, what you're describing is trauma. Oh, for sure. And trauma (laughs) plays out in our lives in very interesting ways and there are ways to work through that have you ever like attempted that i i worked i went to a therapist Mm -hmm. when my children when my daughter specifically were very young um, because i did find myself moving towards that of being demanding about for my children what they did Uh, my kids will still joke to you this day that i did not like minuses you got an A minus? What do you mean you got an A minus? Why didn't you just get an A? Mm-hmm. You know, and and so I did do that, but it was never, I don't believe that I ever did it in a harsh fashion. So I, I still had some of those tendencies, but I did try and soften them. I'm sure I failed often. We all do. Yeah. It's part of being here. Um, so I did, I did try and see a therapist at one point because I was struggling with a relationship with one of my daughters. Hmm. I think this was probably they were nearing their early teens. And of course, I have twin daughters. I don't know if everybody knows that or not, but I have twin daughters. And one I seemed to get along with very, very easily. And the other one I struggled with that relationship. I didn't, I just didn't get her. And so I went to a therapist because I was deeply concerned that I was going to mess up my kids. Mm hmm. As is specifically my daughters. (laughs) As is the fear of every parent ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have four kids. I have two sons and two daughters, but I was more concerned with the relationship with the daughters, which should have been my first thought as to this was a continuation of my own issues. Mm -hmm. But I will say this for that therapist. I saw her one time and she said something to me that set me back and I went, I am not ready to deal with that. And what she said to me is that the daughter that you get along with very well is who you think you are to everybody else. It's the person you're trying to show everybody else, that outward expression of yourself. You're trying to be loving and sweet and kind and smile and and all of these things. The daughter that is a deeper, I don't know if deeper thinker is the right word, but the daughter that tended to ponder things longer, that tended to be a little more intense, I struggled with her. And she said, because that's you inside. That's you trying to deal with you. And that's why you're struggling with that relationship with her because she reminds you of the real you. 
and the other daughter reminds you of what you want to be. And well, it makes me cr- want to cry to th- talk about that because it, she was dead on. I was going to say, did that? She was dead on. That hit home. Hmm? I was going to say, did that oh, hit it home? hit home. Oh yeah, and it hit home so hard that I said, I can't discuss this, and I got up and walked out, and I never went back. Hmm. Have um, you ever dealt with it since? Because that's I've discussed it. Kind of telling. I, I mean, that you oh, for you sure. went to a yeah. therapy session. It was brought up. It was put in front of that mirror was put in front of you and it sounds like you may have just put the mirror away i did i did because that was difficult to hear now i will say that as my daughters have grown and they are now adults they're both married i think and i hope she would agree i have a very good relationship with that daughter now Mm. and she's somebody that actually i have a very good relationship with both my daughters But she is somebody that I can spend hours hiking with. But she is also the daughter that every now and then will make a comment that is a zinger. Mm -hmm. And I will react very negatively. Uh, I remember one time driving somewhere and I got frustrated and I heard something kind of out of my my mouth. And I don't know what it was now. I Neither here nor there. But whatever it was, I said, it reminded me of my mother. And I said, oh, my God, I sound like my mom. Mm. And she looked at me and she said, yeah, you do. And it was like somebody slapped me. But she has that ability to just come right in there and hit the heart of it. So, but I do think we have a good relationship now. We we don't live near one another anymore, which is very sad to me. But we we're in, we stay in contact a lot. And, and so I, once I was aware of that, it, I would ponder that as I was dealing with her. Mm-hmm. Or even with her sister, I would think about that like, okay, hold on. Let me think about how that is affecting this interaction. Mm-hmm. But again, all of that goes back to being raised with the idea of never being good enough, never being worthy of love, um, never understanding, honestly, what love looked like on, in a healthy way. Which also, again, plays into if we're going to go back to the different things that we've talked about, it plays back into deconstruction, which is probably a reason that I'm struggling so hard with God right now. Mm-hmm. Because I'm told that God is love, but love in my head is warped. Yeah, it sounds like some unresolved issues. Oh, for sure. And and honestly, you're dead on. It was trauma after trauma after trauma in my household growing up. As I said, mentally, emotionally, physically, sexually, it was trauma after trauma. So there is a sense of PTSD yeah, and that in goes fact, along with that. In, in hearing what you've shared, I'm not at all surprised. Right. Uh, that See, now you get me a little better, don't now you? Now <laughs> I get you. My question is, what are you going to do about it, right? We cannot change or heal what we do not acknowledge. So what, yeah. I mean, if, if these things continue to replay, that's, I mean, that's PTSD. I mean, that's how that works. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do about it? I don't know. I don't know. Something to think about. Yeah. I'm being really harsh right now because I am like the biggest, I'm being like the biggest hypocrite in this regard. So let's, can I, can I steal the mic? Can I, can I? Yeah, go right ahead. No, I can't. Please take it. I'm done. I can't, I can't, (laughs) I I can't uh, match you, but that's not the point. It's not a competition. It's not a competition because I had a very, very. Uh, good upbringing and that I experienced no abuse. I mean, and, and when I say my family was Christian, I mean, they were legitimately Christian people. My 
My uncle was a pastor. My dad was the worship leader. My aunt ran Sunday school. My mom handled crafts. Like I was at church three times a week. I mean, we were very, 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 very Christian. So I don't want to in any way. And ooh, I should be. I need to stop talking because I using Christian as if that means good people. That does not mean just because you call yourself no, a Christian. I get what you mean, though. It does not make you I get a good it. person. But I'm just trying to say we were raised in a right a wholesome environment, if you will. That's a better right. adjective. What it's supposed to look like. Right. However, when I was six years old, um, I was in a traumatic car wreck on Thanksgiving morning. I actually spent six days in a coma. They thought I was going to die. Wow. In fact, I have, well, I mean, I don't, this is bonus content. I have like brain damage. Like I had like legitimate, mm. I was in a coma for six days. Like my skull is cracked. Like, you know, I, I, that's awful. Barely survived. But the fact is I did survive. And what's interesting is when I when I came out of the coma and I like went back to school and and tried to adopt back to life, there was always this thing inside of me that lacked self-confidence and had extremely low self-esteem. And we've you know I I've seen therapist after therapist after therapist when I was in in elementary school and leading into high school and I could never figure this out. And and even my parents were like we don't understand what is wrong. Like where did this come from? And um I remember in 5th grade we had I had a my teacher in school. His name was Doc, uh, Mr. C. And Mr. C loved, he based his class off of a book called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. I was a kid that very much sweated the small stuff. So what do you think this teacher did? Mm, I don't know. He used me as an example almost every oh, single day of what <laughs> oh, no. not to do. That's horrifying. So what it did is it gave license to my peers to do the to same. Tease you. To do the yes. same thing. And I know, because I've had conversations with my parents about this, and my mom has been like, you know, he was really trying to help you. You know, that was his goal. That was his aim. But that's not what he did. He ended up deeply hurting me for years to come because I could never really stand in front of my peers as one of them anymore. I was always that guy. I was always that kid. And it set this course of just constantly feeling like I was not good enough. And I know that that's mm. like one example, just one example. There's a lot more to this. Sure. I'll even go a little bit further. And again, I think that I had great parents. I don't think that they always knew what they were doing. As is the truth for most yeah. parents. Yeah, but, everybody's ignorant right. of their not a parent. <laughs> exactly. It's just part of it. But in in their effort to try to help me, right? Because they saw that I was struggling. They saw that I was not fitting in. They saw that I was constantly beating myself up. And and so my my parents were like, Well, if you could if you could be more athletic. If you would, mm. if you would play basketball, or you were to play football, or you were to do this, or you were to do that, right? Then you would fit in, and and I hated those things. Mm. So they eventually stopped. My mom still harps me on walking, but they're always trying to get me to exercise to some extent. But what ended up happening was it turned from my 
my peers in school, so I wasn't playing these sports, I wasn't doing that. And then it turned to my family to where it was like, why can't you be like lighthearted like your cousin Billy? Mm. Why can't you be athletic like Aww. your cousin Jordan? You know, yeah. and, and again, they were doing what they thought was best. They were trying to help me. But now I was not only <laughs> being compared as if I'm not good enough in my school, but now I'm not good right. enough with my own cousins. And so it right. really kind of developed this complex within myself that I've never really been able to kick. And again, right. I think it's, as we've talked about, there's a lot of things that have gone into this. It's not just this incident or a, another incident, but the whole picture of my life. But that's been something that's always kind of been a struggle for me because yeah. it instilled within me this need to constantly compare myself, which is something I yeah. very much continue to deal with. And even, well, I want to go. I want to go back. I want to ask you a question. Yeah. So you had this teacher that did this to you, which was reprehensible, by the way. I don't care what his intentions were; it was damaging. Yeah. You said you made the comment that that then gave license to your classmates mm -hmm. to to treat you poorly as well. Right. How did you respond when your classmates treated you poorly? <laughs> Did you fight back or did you acquiesce and accept what they were saying? Oh, I accepted what they were saying, hook, line, and sinker. I did not fight. I, I, I am not a fighter. Um, I, what I do, honestly, is I would, I would isolate. And, and I would, that's when faith, you know, we had a whole, a whole series on deconstruction. That's when my faith became so important to me because everywhere I was turning, it was like I wasn't good enough, but the, the Jesus was being taught as loving me exactly as who I am. So right. that, especially when I, again, leading now into high school, when I turned 16, like I would always just go to church. I'd go to church three, four times a week, often just by myself, because I wanted a place where I could feel accepted and perfectly okay i was perfectly accepted right. and loved at home that's not what i'm saying here um, i'm talking bigger picture but yeah right i did not handle i did not handle that well and and due to the fact that i did not handle it well gave them even more license to do it right so it was a well, losing battle i mean okay so you pushed me on a couple things i want to push you on something that's fine i pushed you a lot today <laughs> I have not made it a secret with you at all that I am very, very uncomfortable often with the relationship that you have with other people, especially as to how those people treat you. Mm -hmm. the, the constant jokes at your expense. I have a coffee mug with your picture on it. Yes, you do. That says, poor Seth. Yes, you do. Which is a joke. Yes, it is. Does it occur to you that you are continuing a pattern of allowing people <laughs> to treat you badly rather than confronting and dealing with it? Oh, yes. Because that obviously was what happened as a child. Yeah. And it's played out in my adult life. Yes. It's literally our other, my other show, uh, Fade to Gray podcast, which has been going on for about two years. I love everyone on that show, but like... I am the joke. I, you are the kick. You, I, yeah, they kick you constantly. <laughs> I am the comic relief 
in right. almost every ep- well, I shouldn't say every episode because we all get we all get dirt. Sure, all, everyone gets dirt on our show. I just get a a lot of it. You could do, and and again, that's why I've no, I've made no secret that I really hate that. Yeah, I find that distasteful. But the truth I don't, of the matter I don't appreciate is, that kind of relationship. Well, <laughs> it's not anyone's fault but my own. I mean, I allow it. You know, okay. and, and, and I, will, I play. I will give you that, and I play into it because it's where I'm comfortable. I well, because that's you've been conditioned to be that way. Because it's easier than confronting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, it's very because yeah. I will go so far as to say this: Were you to change your spots now and decide to confront, the reaction would be, "See, you're being dramatic again." Right. Yeah. Yeah. All of that pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a secret. You know that. I've told you that already. Yeah. But it, it, <laughs> I, it I don't makes, appreciate that it, kind of behavior. It makes for really good podcasting. And it's well, not. Well, sure, because everybody likes to have a whipping boy. And it's not any of their fault, really. This is a role that I have picked, chosen, and act out. So it's it's just part of it. But yeah, it does echo a lot of my upbringing um, and kind of yeah. how. But that's truthfully how I know how to react in these types right. of relationships. So right. again, oh, I get that. it's, yeah. it's not, it's, it's pretty much self-perpetuated and, and, and I'm okay with it for the most part. So. Well, see, and I would say, yes, yes, there is some level of responsibility on you for not setting those boundaries. We talked about boundaries in the episode. There is some level of responsibility for that. However, to me, I always feel like I want to say, how can how do these other people not realize how hurtful that can be? Well, because they know that it's not going to hurt me. But it does. No. The, I would say... I've seen it hurt you. I'd say 95% of what is done and said is perfectly fine. It's 5%. And that's true in almost for almost anyone, I, I would say. That you know, there's generally about five percent of things where people get hurt in relationships. I, mine, I just I'm so used to to it that I can take a lot, and that's okay. But but should you? Well, that's a whole discussion. I, I if I didn't, I don't know. <laughs> should we it. go to therapy together? <laughs> I don't know. We wouldn't have the show we have now if that's not. If that changed or if that's not how things went down. So, and it's been the other show you mean? Yeah. And it's been fairly successful. So I'm not complaining. Well, okay. But how much of that is indicative of the fact that people like to see that kind of animosity? Yeah. If you will. They do. We watch hockey for the fights. We slow down and look at accidents. Hey, we listen to this podcast because we like to see this guy get his ass handed to him. I mean, (laughs) and it's funny and it's good and it, and listen, it brings in downloads. And not only does it bring in downloads, I just booked an interview for that show with a famous gay author. And I'm so excited. But anyhow, <laughs> yeah, it, it does echo a little bit of my childhood. Yeah. yeah. And so, Sounds like it. Yeah. That's kind of the source of a lot of my my insecurities. Now, again, there's, there's a lot of... There's, there's a lot more <laughs> where all of that came from, of course. We all have more. Right. But those are, are definitely some major highlights was Mr. Sure. C, don't sweat the small stuff, and that constant comparison to my cousins, who, yeah. by the way, I still very much look up to, and they're both younger than me. 
you know. So Do you feel less than them? One of them. Yeah, at times. Hmm. But, you know, he's the perfect child. He <laughs> No, he really he really hit the lottery on his genetics whereas a lot of us did not. Um and Oh, there's nothing wrong with you. Oh, I I didn't say there was anything wrong with me. I just said, you know, he's not bald. Well, you made it sound as he's, though there he's he's not bald. He's extremely good looking. He is extremely <laughs> athletic. He's extremely smart and mathematical. Like, you know, just all the things I don't have. So, anyhow, that's a little bit of a story um on on where some of my self-confidence and self-esteem right. issues come from. And uh yeah, so that's a little bit of us. Us. us all the mess that we are <laughs> we want to again thank you so much um, for your financial support of our show and we are hoping that we'll be able to release bonus content to you at least twice a series so essentially looking at uh, every other two weeks but thank you again for all that you do for this show until next time until next time <laughs>